That's awesome. You guys ready for today? Excited, pumped, energetic? <laughs> Just to make sure the affiliation is proper, when we say, are you ready for baptism, that's actually today. You know, that, that's, that's today. Sometimes we have in the back of our mind, hey, um, this coming Sunday, or uh, hey, March 15th, we're doing baptism. And then we think, well, wait, March 15th, Sunday, that's today. That's today. So if you guys are here by surprise, or maybe the first time guest, or maybe you're coming just to check out the church, this is a great Sunday for you guys to be here as Baptism Sunday. Grace, would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is incredibly life-giving every single time we do baptism. Uh, we were trying to do it, you know, every Sunday, uh, just, just because it's amazing. Um, but I don't know why, but we just had logistical problems amongst that. Maybe not enough water. But we have uh, some people watching online with us because we have family uh, that's coming. Maybe not here with us today, but awesome because we have them on the internet. So if you guys just make some energy, give some love all the way out to everyone watching this online. So good, so good. All right, well, why don't you guys open up your Bibles? We are going to be in Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3. If you didn't bring your physical Bible, uh, maybe you can pick up your phone if you have it on there, or your, uh, your pad, or your, your uh, uh, mobile device, or, uh, or you're probably like most of the people in this service where you just memorize Scripture and so uh, just go ahead and pull up Matthew right there. There it is. Yep. Chapter 3, we are going to, uh, we're going to start reading and then we're going to break this down. So Lord, thank you so much for your word. Man, it's helpful so that we can actually walk out what it is that you have promised us, so that we can walk out what it is that you want to give us. God, I pray that today we would have insights on Baptism Sunday. We would be able to see what it is that you're doing in and through our lives. And God, I pray that our family would be unified from the stories that we hear about all that you're doing. God, we pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Here it is, Matthew chapter 3. It says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness in Judea. Verse 2 says, this is his message. It was a simple one. It was a one-point preaching message. And it was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of, the prophet Isaiah, way back in the Old Testament, four to five hundred years earlier, quote, talking about John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel hair and a leather belt around his waist, much like I am today. <laughs> Just kidding with you. you, but you looked up, didn't you? And he ate food of locusts and wild honey, verse 5, then Jerusalem, all of Jordan, or around the Jordan, were coming to him. Imagine this, all of Jerusalem, all of Judea, and the region of Jordan were coming to him to be baptized in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Verse 7, but when he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee to the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance and do not presume to save yourselves. Well, he's uh, Abraham is our father, for I tell you, God is able to allow these stones to raise up children from Abraham. Verse 10, even now the warning is, John the Baptist says, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. 
Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I baptize you personally. I baptize you for repentance and water. But he's coming after me that's mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry off. He, Jesus himself, the promised Messiah, is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Verse 12, we're wrapping it up right here. His winnowing fork is at hand and will clear the threshing hold, gather his wheat into the barn, and the chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. This is the message and the story and the context that John the Baptist was literally opening up a new chapter from the Old Testament to the New. God had been silent for four to five hundred years. And then all of a sudden, a promise of the Old Testament was fulfilled by John himself going out into the wilderness, which was not convenient, preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. Good news, guys, that God, that he had promised everything in the Old Testament is coming. You and I need to be warned. This is what John the Baptist says. You and I need to be warned because when we look at this, when we see this, we know that he is preparing a generation to get ready for Jesus. And so that was John the Baptist's message. That was his cry. So we're just going to kind of break this down a couple verses. And let me just give you a, a couple insights of what we're doing today. This is all we're going to be talking about, Matthew 3. And really, we're answering the question, why do we get baptized? Why do we do baptism here at church? So we're going to be answering that question, and, and there's, there's maybe another one stirring in your soul right now, just because you see the water here, and you hear us talking about baptism, and it's not an accident for you to be here. Maybe you're thinking, man, I'm giving my life over to the Lord, or God's doing some things internally, and I need to respond outwardly. Well, maybe today is your day to get baptized. Maybe you're here today and you didn't plan on being baptized, but you're just saying, you know what, God's doing something inside of me. I need to respond on the outside of me to say, this is the day. If that is today, or if you're even watching online, you need to get on down here because we do have clothes. We have people to talk to you. We have, uh, you know, maybe you have questions and things. You, you, you have to do something because God's stirring you up. If that's you today. Come on over to the green room. You don't even have to hesitate. Just say, hey, excuse me. I'm going to make my way through the aisle. Come on into the green room. We got clothes for it. We got people. We can pray with you. And then we're going to bring you right back up. Because there's a story in the book of Acts. And there's a guy actually reading scripture alongside him. And he said, hey, there's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And you need to know something about us. Grace Church, we do not want to hinder what God is doing on the inside of you. So we're going to respond to him. So if God's doing something on the inside, we're going to allow him to do something on the outside, which is baptism today. So let's break this down. Let's just kind of look at, see what we're dealing with and what we're looking at verse by verse all the way through Matthew 3. Here's what it says. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It is here. The cool thing about this particular verse in the Greek of the word at hand is that it was present starting right when it was released out of his mouth, but it continues to be so today. So listen, the kingdom of God was at hand then, but it also is now. This is great news for you. That means everything. I mean, everything that God has promised in his book is still available through Jesus right now. That is the kingdom of heaven. It starts now, but it lasts for eternity. That's good news for you and I. The throne room is wide open, 
by way of Jesus. And that's what, this is the message. He said, you and I need to declare this. And there was a prophetic fulfillment back in the Old Testament in Isaiah. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Verse 4, John wore garments of camel hair, leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. And check this out. I just want you to imagine this. Use your imagination for this next couple of verses. Verse 5 says, then Jerusalem, all of Jerusalem, this is a massive city. Just imagine all of Moore County came into all the churches to be baptized. How cool would that be? Okay, use your imagination. How many people are here in Moore County? Like 90,000. We have a few hundred here. Imagine God doing something in us. You can't explain it. You just think, man, there's, there's something like I just need to do the right thing. Or I don't know why, but I need to go to church today. I don't know why, but I just need to respect my spouse. I don't know why, but I need to make this relationship right. You don't know what it is, but, but for, maybe for the first time ever, you just need to get right with everything that's in you and you think the only place to do that I don't know maybe the church well then back in the day these guys were going to the wilderness that's not just on the street corner here you have to imagine God's doing some miraculous things John the Baptist is going to call some of them out here in a second he said listen you don't just come to the wilderness because of I don't know convenience we maybe have some people here today that are in church for the first time ever that thought I'm never gonna darken the doorway of a church. I don't know why, but I'm here. That is God drawing us. So imagine, if you will, as it says, Judea, all of Jordan, and Jerusalem was coming around to be baptized. Imagine more county. That's our desire. Imagine more county, all of being baptized in churches. Wouldn't that be cool? Sorry, you guys can work on that. So it, it says this in the verse, in the last sentence here. It says, they were confessing their sins. Men and women were coming out just openly confessing their sins. I want you to imagine this. All of Jerusalem was around. They're being baptized by one man, John the Baptist. And all the while, the only thing you can hear is, listen, I've cheated on my wife. I'm stopping now. I'm ending that relationship. I'm going back to my wife. I don't know why, but I want to be baptized to get right with God. Maybe other ones' conversation was, I'm a tax collector. I stole money from other people. I'm stopping now. I'm paying them back fourfold, and I'm going to get baptized and get right with God. Maybe I cheated in my business. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to be upright with all the money and everything that comes in. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to go back to the city. These types of conversations, crazy, awesome conversations, just confession of sin was happening constantly. Imagine the atmosphere of freedom, of vulnerability, of authenticity, of men and women being real. Finally, you get those secrets out to the open. You say, I'm done. I'm done with pornography. I'm done with things like alcohol. I'm done with depending on anything else but Jesus, and I'm going to get baptized. It's not just one church. It's not just one service. It's an entire city. That's why Grace Church comes together. We desire that Moore County and North Carolina and our nation would come back to Jesus. That's awesome. And when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came, check this out, verse 7. When the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these were a group of religious leaders. John the Baptist saw them from a distance, and he says, You brood of vipers, who warned you to come? 
He's asking like this rhetorical statement because Jesus actually tells us that these religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, were ones that were empty and lifeless on the inside. These guys just had nothing, unfortunately. And so John the Baptist, you need to know something about him. He had this uncanny ability to kind of have the sight of God. He kind of, he had a heart and a, and a view that God had. He looked on the inward when most everybody else was looking on the outward. And so he sees these Sadducees and Pharisees and says, man, let me ask you a rhetorical question in which I know the answer to. Who drew you to be baptized and get right with God? It wasn't yourself. He's saying, listen, there's something at work within you. You got warned because it says this in scripture. Jesus tells us that nobody comes to God unless God first draws them. And so he sees the Pharisees and the Sadducees saying, hey, you guys are empty inside, but just recognize, confess your sin. I'm warning you. Who drew you to be baptized today? You need to recognize, we need to recognize today, it is God himself, why you're in church today, why you have a desire to get right, why you want to read scripture, why you want to get that relationship on the inside right with God. And then he finishes by going through this sentence that you've probably heard before, verse 8, he says, therefore bear fruit in keeping with repentance. You Pharisees and Sadducees, you common folk today, you uneducated, you Grace Church, you Moore County, you today, here, right now, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. And what he's saying is recognize the thing that's going on inside and respond to God and therefore you will see fruit out of your life like love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, and the Holy Spirit working on the inside. (laughs) That's good news. That's good news. But John the Baptist is a real kind of guy. I mean, I love it because he's a straight shooter. So, so listen to the warning that he says next. Verse, verse 10, he says this. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree that doesn't bear fruit, in other words, those trees that don't repent on the inside and, and respond to God and, and find out that, yes, you're being drawn near to God, that, that don't necessarily respond to his goodness and his call to repentance to get right with him. Those who don't, the ax is at the root of the tree, and those are going to get cut down and thrown into the fire. John the Baptist says, I'm going to shoot you straight. Let me warn you. In agricultural terms... There's fruit that gets exposed in your life. Maybe the fruit and the byproduct of your life is anger and frustration and resentment and bitterness and just outright unsettled. But the fruit that you desire is love and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. And John the Baptist says, the only way you recognize to get that is God working on the inside. Repent. Turn from what you think satisfies you And get right with the Lord. And if you want to be baptized, that's what I'm here for. That's what John the Baptist is saying. And then he says, just if you can throw that verse back up there, verse 10, the axe is laid. This is a warning. The axe is laid at the root of the tree. I want you. I want you to recognize what God's doing. Because he is the one that is working within you. Let's keep going. He says, let me just get this straight. There's a new chapter from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And verse 11 says, I'm baptizing you with water for repentance. But he who is coming, Jesus, who is the promised one, he is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to, to carry or to untie. You like that? I'm, there are those that are coming. Jesus is coming in which the, the lowest position that you can find on this man, the dirtiest place that you can find on Jesus, I'm not worthy to touch. 
He wasn't looking on the outside of this mere carpenter. He was looking on the inside of saying, this is the Lamb of God. You recognize this? This is the one you've been waiting for. And then when he says this, he says, I'm baptizing you for repentance and water. That's the old school style. The new school style is Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's going to last forever. <laughs> Good news. Good news. And then all the way through verse 12, he just gives this warning. And I'm just going to stop there because I want to talk to you about verse 11 just really, really quickly. Whenever we see verse 11 pop up here, the word fire, because he says, I'm going to baptize you for repentance with water, but Jesus is coming, who he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire here, biblically, especially in the, the Greek, usually when it's used, it's used to describe a figurative idea of transformation. And this is cool because we're in a, a sermon series that, that's actually going transformation. And I just want you to imagine this because it's pretty common practice. If you imagine a campfire right here and you take a, a log and you throw it into the fire, what happens to the wood? It catches on fire. And God's saying the same thing happens when you let go of your life. Because there is, in Hebrews twelve twenty eight an all-consuming fire, God himself who wants to wrap you up, purify you, transform you from wood to your old man to the new, which is fire. Jesus is coming. He's, he says, John the Baptist says, listen, this is, this is the way I used to baptize, which is water. But now we as a church, as our liturgy, as what we believe, we do it symbolically. Because there is one coming who is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's our desire, to be transformed. So here is the new chapter. The new chapter of why we do baptism is what John the Baptist was describing. For the Holy Spirit, for Jesus, and the Father. And there's a conversation I want you to take note of in Acts 19. And here's what it says. It happened while Paulos was in Corinth. Paul passed through the inland. And he came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And the guy said, what? No, we haven't even heard of this Holy Spirit. And he says, into what baptism were you baptized then? And they said, well, like everybody else in Jerusalem, John's, John's baptism. And then Paul says this, listen, it's the same words of John the Baptist. He says this, John baptized for repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who is to come, which is, somebody say it, Jesus. Come on. On hearing this, verse 5, they got excited. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and Paul had laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit to come on them. They began speaking in tongues and prophesying, and all the 12 men and all. That's good news, church, because Jesus' last words was to tell all of us, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're going to do today. You guys ready for some baptisms? <laughs> so exciting. Some people are going to get up, get baptized. We're going to see some videos. And then whenever they come down, if you are new to Grace Church, this is what we do. We love to celebrate with our family. So, so if you see a story or maybe somebody that you know, or maybe just someone that you think, man, they need some love from me. You need to get up out of your seat after they get baptized. Come down here in front. They're going to make their way down these stairs and you need to give them a good, wet hug because we're going to celebrate with them today. All right.
Let's go and watch that first video.